Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's podcast for Unheralded News, our topic is the fiscal cliff. Now, by the time you listen to this, I'm sure they'll have a Band-Aid applied. We'll talk about this a little bit. But the title of this piece by Chuck Carlson is Bring on the Fiscal Cliff. It seems that almost no one in the House of Representatives or in the Senate wants to really talk about the, the real issues. They want to dance around about it. And we want to, they want to continue on as it's been. And so we're going to have Leslie read the piece, and then we'll discuss it afterwards. Reality looms. Congress, our president, and his cadre live in a giant honeypot of money and influence. They have seemingly ignored their responsibilities for the last four years, and many for more years under both parties. Now they are up against a deadline and they want to panic us to accept, without question, the legislation that lobbyists have no doubt written for them long ago. I say, bring on the fiscal cliff. Let everything expire. Let's air the problem and then let Congress and the President sort it out next year in front of us where we can understand what they are doing and for whose benefit. The fiscal cliff has some good in it because panic past mischief of the past usually has an expiration date. What is so wrong with cutting $60 billion out of the Pentagon? Are we not phasing out of war? So why are we spending as much as when we first bombed Baghdad? Bring on the fiscal cliff. It's part of the bloated farm bill that is already in place that ensures corn farmers against both bad weather that brings reduced crops and fair weather that brings lower prices for their bumper crops. The taxpayers are paying for most of the insurance premiums that cover mega farm companies. The farm bill needs to expire. If the president wants to put on a patch, let's say, to continue the food stamp program for the poor, let him issue an executive order to continue printing food stamps temporarily and let him take the heat if he is proven to be wrong. What about the milk scare? We are told disaster faces us and the price of milk will double. Why? because we are told we will fall back on some 1949 law that requires the government to buy up most of the milk and create a shortage. Balderdash. Milk escalation is a scare tactic. Let the president issue one more executive order that the federal government cannot buy milk. Mr. Obama has already issued some 130 executive orders an average of two every month for four years, and each one a private law in itself that affects us and costs us money. 
We do not know about these orders unless we Google them. No one informs us. What about the farm bill that may not get passed? I am no authority on the budget, but I have written as much as anyone on the ethanol scandal. By law, 40% of all corn raised will be siphoned out of the human and animal food supplies to make ethanol we are forced to burn in our cars. If you want a reason why milk and meat are expensive, look at this policy. Why didn't Congress worry about the farm bill two years ago? Ethanol laws have made giant corn farming companies and yes, many individual farmers, some of whom are my friends and family, not just comfortable, but wealthy on the induced hunger of others. Corn is food. Let's let the farm bill go off the cliff, too. What about tax increases? We have the lowest taxes in the world for big folks, In Norway, everyone pays high taxes and the government balances its budget. Are we to believe we can carry on endless wars all over the world without paying for it, that the Pentagon can war forever and borrow all the money? So we are told the cliff will cut about 8% out of the Pentagon's budget at the very time we are told we need another war in Iran and that we need to invade Syria. And if lower taxes are what President Obama wants for us, let him and the Congress make the changes retroactive in 2013 when we have time to watch. Bring on the cliff. Why crisis legislation can't work. We are supposed to believe that over a weekend, 600 congressmen and the president can structure together thousands of pages of legal jargon involving as much as a trillion dollars of expenditures. Do you believe that? Can you read 600 pages of legalese by tomorrow night and understand it? Neither can they. Instead, they will sign off on legislation that has probably been written for them by lobbyists for the interests of lobbyists. Let Congress meet in 2013 and spend six months doing their jobs, figuring out where we are and where they are taking us. Let them tell us what they are doing to us for a change. Bring on the fiscal cliff. What kind of crisis would we have if all 600 congressmen with the administration loaded up on Air Force One with lots of caviar and martinis and flew it over some real cliff? Yes, we would have chaos. But would we be better off with a temporary crisis of no government than a huge government that is under the influence of others with interests not our own? Of course, this dream of mine will not happen. We are stuck with these people and the honeypot system created around them. It's up to us to fix the system, small and humble and peaceful as we may be. Maybe we will not need a revolution like the Arab Spring. Not if we get smart. Not if we get to work. Maybe... We need to get a bit more hungry and desperate, and this will come 
if we do nothing. Bring on the cliff. All right. Thank you, Leslie. Very good, Chuck. It seems that literally no one in Congress wants to address the issues. There, there was one notable exception here just recently, Congressman Dennis Kucinich from Ohio, who is going out of office because of change in districts, and he lost his seat in, in the district, actually, in the uh, primaries. But he said as much that this item, the, the war-making facilities and capabilities in the United States is not being addressed at all. That's right, Tom. And we actually wrote this sort of out of desperation because no one else seemed to be saying it. And we wanted to publish it before Congress and the President had a chance to come to any kind of a compromise because we knew they probably would and will. And uh, the latest thing as of tonight, January 1, New Year's Day, they have not completed anything, but they're going to. And the Republicans have now dropped the requirement that spending be cut. That means that the Pentagon will get at $60 billion. That was, of course, going to expire on January 1. Uh, they'll go ahead and give the Pentagon their $60 billion. And uh, the tax cut question, well, maybe some will pay a little more taxes. Maybe nobody will pay no more taxes. We really don't know. Rand Paul did come out today and say that he could not support what they're doing, but that he did expect the rest of the Congress to go along with it. So what we really are seeing here is the total compromising of the president. The president had other things he could do. He could have done by executive order. He could have done things retroactively. And what we've seen now is that President Obama, sadly, is willing to compromise and does not stand at all firmly on any of the things he swears he's for, such as cutting down the size of the war. And, of course, he will uh, lie if he has to. The idea that uh, they're accomplishing something here is really uh, a false assumption. It's, it's not true. What's being proven is that Obama is no different. He will, under the pressure of the system, he will lie, he will make war if that's what's pressed upon him. And uh, he showed that in many ways, and I won't go further with that. But enough said for now. Well, it seems that we have certainly a preponderant proportion of politicians and not statesmen. You can count the number of statesmen in the Congress probably on one hand in both parties in both houses people like Ron Paul Republican Party and Dennis Kucinich of the Democrats so there's just very few and mentioning uh, Rand Paul here that dare to be contrary all we see is sleight of hand and and hand-wringing literally by both of the parties and I think you've really hit the head on with this supposed cliff fear that they've been trying to sell to Americans. What, Tom, I think Americans can expect is that the value of their savings is going to continue to go down because the savings will continue to buy less and less every month than they did the month before. And the interest that we're being paid is, is nothing at all 
my my bank pays one tenth of one percent interest on balances in the account, and you have to have a certain balance to even get that. Uh, so this is next to nothing. So the banks basically are paying savers nothing, and essentially Americans have lived and retired on their savings, and the interest they earn on their savings is important to them. Uh, retired people depend upon that interest because of the printing of money, the absolute value of money that's being poured into the system. Uh, the value of these savings keeps going down, and there's no interest earned, so you can't possibly catch up. And then the other thing that we're going to see is, of course, prices will go up because we have uh, this enormous inverted funnel uh, of money that's being pumped into the economy through a tiny little hose that goes in the little end of the funnel, and then it dribbles out the big end, uh, supposedly, to the, to the people. But, of course, what's happening is the hose is pouring directly into the Fortune 500 companies and the huge banks and the huge insurance companies and, of course, those people that are paying for the big lobbies in Washington. So it looks like more of the same for the American public. The only thing that might go up, along with food and commodities prices and maybe precious metals, is perhaps the stock market, because the stock market is now so bloated with the money that it's poured into the big companies that these companies are actually buying up their own stocks with the money that they're having pumped into them. And so uh, those investors who have stocks, if they have the right ones, they might see their stocks go up. Uh, but the outlook for uh, the economy on January 1 is uh, very grim in terms of getting rid of inflation and, of course, actually improving uh, the situation for the general public. Well, it seems to me that the problem here is that we've got only a small amount of sanity uh, around. It's become a very special and rare commodity here. Nobody wants to admit these problems, uh, only the surface solutions. But Tom, but everybody knows that if they have a $5,000 savings account, they're going to earn about $50 a year in interest. And if by no. some fluke they happen to be late on a payment or bounce a check or overdraft their account, they're going to get a $50 charge the first time or maybe 35 yeah. in my account. Yeah. So yeah. a whole, whole year's interest is eaten up by one service charge. A lot of banks actually charge people $50 a year to maintain the account. So everybody knows they're being cheated. They just don't understand exactly why, and I think a lot of people have looked at Obama's big flappy ears and his honest face. A lot of people well, have hoped that Obama was honest and that he was really trying, and we're learning now that he is indeed part of the machine. Whether he really wants to be there or not, it really doesn't matter. He is part of it. Okay, well, that will wind up our report for today. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. And please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.